Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Usually we tell the stories of our church as we feature interviews with members, but at this time we're following up with our pastors who are working through a Wednesday evening series, Speaking Truth in a Season of Uncertainty. And we'll talk a little bit more about that today. We'd like to invite you to join us, of course, for our live stream service this weekend from Harvest Baptist Church. We begin Sunday morning, 10.30 a.m. You can go to our website for more, hbcguam.org. It's our Resurrection Sunday service on 1 Corinthians 5, verses 12 through 20, the pivotal piece. Let's begin Harvest Time today by welcoming Pastor Gary Walton. Hi, Pastor. Hoffa day, Chris. Well, this is an important week for us who are Christians. We're celebrating the uh, Easter week, um, the, the memorial of the cross, and then the celebration of the resurrection. I'm not sure exactly when you'll be listening to this. Uh, th- this airs, I think, Friday night and then a couple times on Saturday and Sunday. So I don't know which time you're going to be listening, but um, these are important days, and it may be that you're listening on Good Friday or, uh, or coming up right up to Easter, but we're glad that you've joined us, and we are looking forward to sharing some around the scriptures on Sunday, Resurrection Day, as Chris just mentioned. 1 Corinthians 15 tells us that the, uh, how important the resurrection is for the gospel and for the, the Christian faith. In fact, it answers some questions that I think are going to be important to us. Uh, Verse 14, 1 Corinthians 15 says uh, this, it says, And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain or worthless. So I want to ask the question on Sunday morning, why is this so important? Why is the resurrection such an incredibly important piece? The title is The Pivotal Piece. Um, And if the resurrection didn't happen, is it really true that the Christian faith is worthless? I mean, that's what verse 14 says. So we'll spend some time exploring that. I think it's going to be an encouraging time. Of course, we're still in this season when we cannot gather together, and so it's a live stream service only, but we hope that you'll tune in. There's a couple different avenues for you to do that uh, through Facebook Live or on our website. Chris will tell you more about that as we close out uh, this uh, session, but uh, we want to invite you to be a part of it. It's going to be an important day, and even if it's virtually, we're glad for our church family to be gathering together. Yeah, well, we're going to be talking about that more today, gathering together. Yeah, actually, we are. Uh, As Chris mentioned, normally on this show, we'll have different people from our church come and share testimonies. Uh, What we've been doing over these few weeks is we are in a series on Wednesday nights that we're calling Speaking Truth. Uh, We've asked our pastors uh, each week to take a topic that would be specifically related to some of the questions that we might have, particularly to a season like we're going through with the COVID-19. So we've had some interesting discussions uh, already about fear and anxiety. We've talked about unique uh, evangelism opportunities. Actually, coming up, I'll tell you about that. Uh, next week, we're going to talk about security and finances. How should we feel and think about personal finances when the economy and the climate, uh, the financial climate is so insecure? So we'll talk about that. Aaron's going to talk about family care. I mean, how do we make sure that we shepherd our family well when 
church fellowship and gatherings are limited. I think that'll be interesting the following week. We'll talk about sickness and government and authority and in seasons like this. How should we see our world? So I think it's going to be interesting and hopefully helpful as we go through the next few weeks on these very specific topics. This week was my responsibility, and uh, I had the opportunity both to present um, an article, a blog post, and then follow it up uh, in our Wednesday night time uh, talking about this idea of church gathering. So uh, I think what we're going to do is Chris and I are just going to have a conversation about this. He'll probably do more leading. Normally I would ask some questions, but just talk about this. I know, Chris, that you had an opportunity to see the blog and then uh, listen in last night. Um, thoughts that you'd have, you know, as you were thinking through this. Yeah, I, I, I think gathering is not a, your typical topic that's addressed all the time. So you don't think of that as, you know, your typical sermon topic, but we certainly have a lot about it in the scripture. And many times I think we probably don't think about it because that's just what we're doing. (laughs) <laughs> We've done that for centuries. Yeah. That's what, in fact, most people define church that way. Right. It is that time when we gather together. And during a time like this, it may seem kind of obvious, but I was just wondering from you, why did you think this was really key and really important to address right during this time? Yeah, it may be obvious in some ways, but um, the reality is that uh, in a season of uncertainty, we've been talking about this, the church needs to be together. I mean, we, we can't isolate ourselves. We need each other. But that's very complicated because we've been asked by our local government, our local authority, and we also understand just out of care and compassion for other people that, um, that we would not and maybe should not gather together. We shouldn't be in groups, in large groups. And so um, as we've been asked to do, our church has has tried to be very careful about that. So we don't have our church services. So the question then comes, well, then, you know, how do we fulfill some of the requirements? I mean, some of the teaching, I'd say it that way, the teaching that the Bible has about how important it is for us to come together. So it's an important topic, and we got to talk about it. And with that in mind, I also thought about what maybe were some of the common confusions that people may have about what a church service is, what a church service should be, what a church service is to them. Yeah, in fact, that's sort of been the foundation for, uh, for our conversation as we've been looking at this subject. We've used Hebrews chapter 10, uh, 24 and 25. Actually, it goes all the way back to verse 22. I, I said in one of the sessions, it's, it's sort of ground zero for us when we're talking about this uh, topic. Um, So Hebrews 10, I won't read uh, 22 and following, but let me pick up in verse 24. It says, And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together. All right, so don't forsake, don't stop gathering together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, and so much the more as you see the day approaching. So we've been using that as the foundation for our conversation about this. And I I think what it tells us is that perhaps most people or some people see church as something that I go to and attend and I I listen. Um, Depending on how comfortable I am with a church setting, I might sing along. 
I watch and then I leave. And, um, and I've sort of checked off that box. And I'm not even saying it in an insincere way. I mean, people feel like, you know, if I'm a Christian, then I ought to go to church. And so, you know, once a week or maybe even a couple times a week, I go and I check off that box. But in some ways, it's more of sort of watching what's happening. And if, if that's the case, if the definition of the gathering or the assembly is uh, about listening to a sermon— listening to other people sing, watching what's happening, then there's a legitimate option that we could just do that online. Yeah. Um, and so there's, in fact, you know, this isn't new for us. I think over the last, I don't know, 10 years or so, uh, I think people have become more comfortable with that, <clears throat> that it doesn't feel that much different. If all you're doing is spectating when you come to church, then does it really matter if I stay home and watch the same service online? So uh, what we would say is that um, we're thankful for the opportunities to have online teaching, whether it's in our live stream service that we're doing right now or, you know, even beforehand. And I, I, you know, I listen to other online teachers or preachers. I listen to sermons. That's been happening for a long time. I mean, back in the day, we used to produce cassette tapes, you know, where people could listen to tapes. And we we learn and we edify. Um, But... Uh, our suggestion is that this cannot be a replacement for the gathering, for the assembling of people. And it's because the assembling actually is supposed to accomplish other things than just listening or watching. There's a participation that's supposed to be a part of that. Yeah, and that was going to be my next question. I mean, what are kind of the key things? I mean, obviously you should be watching and listening sure. and paying attention and all that and and um and trying to get something from the message and all that but what are the other things that that ought to be happening when we gather yeah and i think the uh, there's a, a lot of things that i think we can find as we scan the scriptures and survey the scriptures but if we could just stay here in hebrews chapter 10 um, I think the key part that this text teaches us is that when we assemble, um, we're challenged, don't forsake this. And when we assemble, the focus primarily is, is about how we interact with each other. And in fact, the focus is more about maybe my view of how I can help other people than so much about how I receive help. Um, So I think that's a really key point. In fact, it says, uh, verse 24 says, um, consider one another. So when when you come together, consider. And it's really a a word that uh, has the idea of carefully think through the others as you gather together. And then it talks about, and then provoke one another. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. Provoking one another to love and to good works. Exhorting one another, you know, for encouragement. So all of these are external focused. When we just listen online, or sometimes even when we just come to church, we may have a tendency, in fact, it's natural, that it's really more about a uh, self-centered view. Um, If I'm just listening online, I mean, it makes sense. I'm listening for me to be edified. I'm not listening in order for somebody else, you know, to be encouraged. And there is benefit to that. I'm not trying to put, you know, the whole thing in one package. That's part of what we have. That's part of what we get when we come to church. We are personally edified. But the primary suggestion of Hebrews 10 is we come in order to encourage each other, this outward focus. Well, that can't happen online. 
Um, and so some things can be accomplished, but it's much more difficult for that to happen if it's just me and myself listening to something or watching something online. So when we do have this time, hopefully it's temporary, hopefully right. it's shorter rather than longer, but when we do have this time of not gathering, how can we wisely use the time? Yeah, so, uh, you know, at Harvest here, we're uh, having live stream services. Yeah. We have a Sunday morning service. Uh, in fact, this little series on speaking truth, it's live streamed. Uh, you know, we have a article about that. In fact, maybe if we post this, Chris, we can link that yeah. article to it. People can read kind of what we've written about this gathering. So you can see that. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, this is in a live stream setting that we're, that we're doing this teaching. And there's benefits to that. We've been trying to encourage people about a couple things. Um, one is, if possible, and you have other people in your residence, uh, especially if it's a family setting, try to watch it together. Um, you know, most of us, most families, a lot of families at least, have multiple devices. People have phones and, and laptops and computers. And uh, so it's easy for us to, you know, kind of catch something on Facebook Live and you know, one person goes in one part of the room and somebody goes to their room. And, and uh, I mean, that's not the end of the world. But I think we can, as much as we can, find as much togetherness, gathering. So that's one thing we've tried to encourage people, especially on Sunday morning. Try to set aside the time a little bit, get together before the 1030 start, maybe pray and prepare our hearts. Uh, don't just do that, um, you know, while you're distracted by something else. I mentioned uh, that I do listen to a lot of podcasts, a lot of messages. A lot of times I listen to it while I'm running yeah. um, or doing other kinds of things. Uh, and, and there's benefit to that. I mean, I think it's a good use of time. There's some personal edification that takes place. But if we're seeing this as a, as a substitute for our gathering or at least an attempt to do that, then let's set this, aside a time, this, set this time aside um, and uh, really try to focus in, intentionally on, uh, on what we're getting. And then we may talk about this a little bit more, but I think there's some things that then we have to do outside of the gathering that really is part of, I think, what we're called to do as well. Yeah, so it sounds like there could be some drawbacks, obviously, from, from us not gathering together. How do we, I guess I'm, I'm moving toward how do we minimize those drawbacks? Because there, there's, there's going to be some people who can't gather together. Maybe they're on their own or maybe, you know, their family is off island or... Um, so how do we minimize sort of the, the difficulties and the drawbacks? Thankfully, in this season that we have, we have you know, very unusual access yeah. um, in many ways. Um, not everybody does. I mean, there might be some people listening, and, and radio is kind of their only media access. Maybe they have a television, but they don't have a cell phone. They don't have computers. But a lot of people do, and so that does provide us with access. And even those that maybe don't have devices like that, um, anytime we can get interaction together with un other believers is a key part of this. Uh, I think Hebrews 10 is specifically talking about the gathering when people to come together. But we find throughout the New Testament that the church gathered in multiple times, in multiple ways. And it wasn't always the the large assembly of everybody. Acts chapter 2, in just a few verses at the end of the chapter, it talks about different sizes of gatherings. There was up to 3,000 people <laughs> that gathered together in 
first heard the gospel and responded. So that was a very large gathering, assembly. But then it also talked about, you know, meeting from house to house, daily meeting from house to house. Well, I don't think there's 3,000 people in any of those houses. So that wasn't the full church. That was parts of the church. Um, And uh, so I think that there's ways that we can try to connect with others. Um, And, uh, you know, we can't go next door. We can't drive across the neighborhood. At least we're not asked to do that. We're not encouraged not to do that right now. So, but we can still reach out on the phone. We can, uh, you know, connect with people, uh, Facebook, uh, you know, Facebook chat, messengers. Um, we can have groups, groups meeting together. In fact, we have that now. I'll tell you about that in a little bit. We have church groups that are having Bible studies and they're praying together. There's some accountability that's part of it. And maybe that's a key thing is that a big part of the Hebrews 10 text is about this accountability, this encouragement. And when we're just isolated from people, even if we're still getting the input of hearing preaching, but we don't have people that we're talking with about how I'm doing and, you know, are helping me, encouraging me to stay consistent with my, you know, my time with God, my quiet time, and challenging us about how we're thinking about life. Uh, You know, I've said this a lot of times, there's so much static coming our way right now. I mean, we have so much information flooding um, that we have to make sure that we have people speaking truth and spiritual truth into our lives to combat and to balance you know, the, the flood of information that we're receiving. So I, I would encourage people to seek that, search for that, reach out to people, not only for your own edification, but really uh, to care for others in the way that Hebrews 10 calls us. One of the disadvantages of not meeting together is that you know, we don't have the opportunity to interact and sort of read each other. Our pastoral team prays virtually every Sunday morning as we get ready that God would help us to have spiritual perspective, spiritual eyes, that we could see people in the way that Jesus did. <laughs> you know, in Jesus' ministry, as he walked around, he, and of course he was God, he has a big advantage on on us, but he intuitively knew and saw hurting people. He recognized their pain. He stopped and reached out to them. Um, so we pray for that pastorally. I, I think there's a number of people in our church that are gifted in this way. When they come together, they're, you know, on Sunday morning or another of our gatherings, they have spiritual eyes. They they can kind of sense when somebody's struggling, and then we can come along and encourage. That's that word out of chapter, uh, out of verse 25. So um, that's harder to do long distance, but I still think we ought to try to do that. Think about maybe who might be hurting during this time. I know in our church family over the last two weeks, we've had, I think, four families that have suffered loss, uh, death of loved ones in this time. Yeah. Um, we have a, a, a girl, a teen, that's remained in very critical condition in intensive care, and their family's going through a very difficult time. Uh, of course, dealing with that. And then on the other side, we have great celebrations. We've had a young couple that had a baby, and God bless them with a birth. And so um, I think we should be thinking about these ways and reaching out in whatever way that we can to help and uh, and encourage people. So on that side, for sure. And then as you mentioned, um, if you are struggling, then, you know, I've always tell people that, um, you know, if you're going through a hard time, you might feel like 
you, you're not ready. You don't want to go to church, but it's the most important place for you to be. Push through your feelings and be where you should be. And so I'd encourage it in this way. Push through, reach out to somebody. Um, reach out to somebody that you know and trust. Or if that seems in- intimidating to you, reach out to somebody else. We, we have, uh, you can reach out on our website to our pastors. We have pastors that can call you. If you'd say, I don't want to talk to a pastor. I'd just like to talk to somebody else. We'll, we'll get somebody to help you. But, um, but reach out. Don't just stay isolated in some of your discouragement. You mentioned a few things that we're doing, of course, the live stream services, but what else is, is Harvest doing that we can talk about that um, is kind of trying to help and trying to be um, continuing this gathering um, as a church? So we've encouraged our church family in some specific ways. One is what we just talked about. Reach out to someone specifically for about prayer and accountability. Have, yeah. um Think about somebody that may need it or think about somebody that you could really need their encouragement. Uh, some people are really good about this. It's very natural for them. They do this all the time anyway. They're just connectors. But some people, it's likely that over the last few weeks, they haven't had spiritual conversations with anybody. And it really is important that we maintain this kind of accountability. So we're encouraging people to be intentional about that. Um, we have, uh, in fact, this week we have some zoom uh prayer meetings that are beginning and uh, you can find information about that on our website times and locations where you could connect with people via zoom Uh, we have some zoom life groups or bible studies that uh, some of them are just carryovers from our adult bible fellowships our abfs that are now meeting via zoom because they can't meet together you could join one of those we got a couple really good groups going or we actually are interested in starting some more so again reach out to us if you'd like to be a part of that uh find a bible memory and accountability partner and then we're just asking our church family to think creatively about it we're trying to provide some ready-made opportunities as a church but uh, I found out that, you know, I think God's people can are creative enough. Think about ways that I can connect at a time when everybody's having to stay in our houses. Yeah, lots of WhatsApp groups. I'm noticing everybody's telling me they've got WhatsApp groups for all kinds of different purposes, and, and that's worked for, for us too. So yeah, 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 very good, very helpful. Yeah. Well, is there anything else we should follow up on? Yeah, you know, I think um, that uh, there's some encouragements for us in the scriptures that maybe we can uh, end this yeah. uh, time with. I, I was thinking about two things in particular, two verses that might help us. Psalm 27 um, gives us the encouragement to wait on the Lord, be of good cur- courage, and he shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So we're waiting, but don't just wait humanly. Let's in this season when things are slowing down and stopping, let's wait on the Lord and allow him to encourage us and, and strengthen our hearts. So I'd encourage people about that. And then maybe the other uh, piece of encouragement is that uh, there are challenges that are part of this time, but you know, God's doing some pretty amazing things as well. And it reminds me of the, the story about Paul and Silas in prison. I mean, going through a very difficult time. But Philippians 1.12, Paul says this, writing a letter to the people at Philippi from prison. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there's, there's a lot of, you know, there's no, 
that's social distancing, right? He, yeah. he, he can't reach out to anybody. He can't gather together. I mean, there's an extended period of time of Paul's life when he was not a part of the gathering. He no. couldn't, and he didn't have live stream either. No. But he said this, But I would that you should understand, brethren, that the things which happened unto me have fallen out rather unto the furtherance of the gospel. And he describes how even in his imprisonment, God's plan for his life continues to unfold and the gospel is spreading even in spite of the disadvantage of him not being to assemble together. I think we're experiencing the same thing. And so the disadvantages are real. We don't want to lose track. We, we ought to yearn for, long for that time when we can be together again. Um, but also don't be discouraged because God's plan has not been thwarted. And if we'll be faithful, he's going to use this time in the same way for the furtherance of the gospel. This is our prayer. Thanks for that, Pastor. And uh, thank you for listening to Harvest Time. Of course, we want to invite you to our live stream this weekend. This is the way we're gathering together on Sunday morning, starting at 1030 a.m. You can check our website for more. There's a lot of things, uh, a lot of resources right now on hbcguam.org that can be a help to you. Our Resurrection Sunday service, Easter service, from 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 12 through 20. The title will be The Pivotal Piece this Sunday morning, 1030 a.m., hbcguam.org hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.